Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Ignite Your Life Radio, episode number 29, Awaken to Joy. What do you need to release to enjoy more feel good? Hey, y'all, we are talking steps to alleviate the complete emptying out syndrome, as I like to call it. It's a good one. Join me. Are you ready to ignite your life, to live the life of your dreams? Welcome to Ignite Your Life Radio with inspiring life coach, experienced yoga educator, author, and inspirational speaker, Laura Erdman-Lund. Laura has inspired hundreds of clients for more than two decades to live happier, more inspiring lives. In fact, her goal for you is nothing less than your extraordinary life, a life that is full of purpose, deeply fulfilling, and vibrantly joyful for you. Join her as she discusses living an inspired life in today's world. And now, the Ignite Your Life show with Laura. Well, hello, everyone. Good morning, good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you yet again. I have been thoroughly enjoying taking y'all through the Awaken to Joy program, which is a book now. It actually started as a program that I led people through um, over a year, a year-long program. Isn't that funny? Gosh, in today's day and age, we don't have that kind of attention span to spend a whole year studying something. So now I'm doing a day per topic rather than a month per topic. But on today's show, I'm going to take you to part one of the book. There's actually three parts. So I have a radio show um, scheduled for each of the three parts. Today's, and hang in there, this is going to be negative, but I'm telling you, today's show is on part one, which is on negative influences that drain your energy immediately. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. feeling really good when something happens. Something can be little, little to others, but it's huge for you, and your energy is immediately drained. Your joy is drained in a second, and you go from fear, and fearful, angry, whatever, in an instant. And that's what we're going to look at today and hang in there. Like I said, it may seem negative, but it's a good thing because the more aware you become, power ahead of you that control you, that control over you. Now, the three we're going to look at that I talk about in the book are anger, fear, and judgment. And we're going to look at each one briefly, one at a time. <clears throat> and I encourage you, you know, if you're really, if you're really um, enjoying this, go to lauraerdmanmonth.com forward slash awaken to joy. I just put a really simple worksheet together so it can help you follow along. But I'm also considering doing a, um, a longer program where we spend a week or even a month on each of the topics going forward. So if this is something that's intriguing for you and you'd like to put a little bit more time into it, get on that list, that mailing list, so that I can let you know if I do decide to do something. And also you can get the book, Awaken a Joy. It's out on Amazon. So feel free to download it as a Kindle or as one of those old-fashioned paperbacks. It's actually a nice one to get as a paperback because um, – there's a workbook in it, so it's nice to be able to write your notes in it. Okay, so let's talk, let's start with the first one. Let's talk about anger. Now, I am here to tell you, I am not telling you, don't be angry. Anger is a human emotion, and as humans, we are going to experience anger. But I am encouraging you to look at your anger and be able to consider it and think what's behind it and begin to cultivate compassion. The truth is 
we can rise above much of our anger. Now, as you do this, the first step I encourage you to do is make sure your anger is rational. You know, anger at traffic isn't really rational. It's, it's anger at cars, a whole bunch of cars going in the same direction as you are. If you're angry at the long line at the grocery store, not rational. Okay, it's not helping you. It's not serving anyone. There's no purpose behind it. And, in fact, in all anger, what I recommend you do is begin to trace where the anger is coming from. You know, I do get angry in traffic. It's one of the things I noticed when I was doing this work. And quite frankly, one, it was a habit. My dad gets angry in traffic. It's like all those cars are working against him. And I realized it was a habit. It was just a belief that I was raised with, and I had to work on letting it go because, you know, it wasn't even really mine. And that is often the case. But the second thing I realized is really what I was angry with was myself for not leaving in time. You know, I was worried about being late. And I was angry that I didn't leave in time to take into account the traffic so that I could arrive where I needed to be and wanted to be on time. So what I encourage you to do is to begin to trace back. You know, recognize your anger. And, and by the way, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't feel angry, think about the derivatives of anger. Irritation, frustration, annoyance, all of those are anger. They're just shades of anger, okay? We all feel angry. We all do. But sometimes it's hard to see it in ourselves. So think of the, the shades of anger because those are also affecting you. They may not drain your energy, drain your joy in an instant like a true moment of anger can. excuse me, they will affect you. That's number one, anger, okay? Now, again, I'm not saying don't experience it. I'm saying investigate it because here's the thing. It's controlling you. All three of the things we're going to talk about controls how you feel. They control how you feel. You're not controlling them. They are the master, and we want to become the master of how we feel. We want to be the ones who can, can control our feelings. But when something happens that makes us angry, it drains that joy factor. It drains our compassion in an instant. Okay, so now let's look at fear. And I want to spend a little bit more time on fear. This is a big one. Fear is actually a crucial emotion to have because fear allows us to ignite the fight or flight, um, the fight or flight response in our bodies so that we can either fight or flee from whatever situation we're in front of, okay? So we need fear. Fear is crucial. The problem comes when we have a perceived fear that isn't really scary, okay? So something that's not actually in front of us. Fear is meant to be used, and the stress response is meant to be used, when something is in front of us, like a lion or a car racing toward us, then we will respond, appropriately using the fear and the stress response to create the strength in our body, to create the reaction time that we need. Now, the problem comes with the perceived fear. Now, I'll tell you, we all have what I call a big fear, the big one. And I capitalize the B and I capitalize the S, big fear. Okay, this is the one that's irrational. Okay, now stick with me. This fear, and again, we all have been coaching 
for almost 30 years. Hundreds of people, I'm probably reaching thousands of people I've worked with, everybody has a big fear. And it is irrational, meaning it's not based in reality, okay? Now stick with me here because you want to identify your big fear. Once you have identified it, it will have less of a hold on you. Now, why is this important? Well, every single person I've ever worked with didn't realize their big fear was irrational. They would have, and I'm going to go over what those big fears could be. But the problem with that is then it had control over them. You know, they didn't realize that, you know, they would have, they, they tried to convince me. They're still trying to convince me. But, no, this is realistic because this could happen. So let's look at what they are so you can understand this a little bit better. Okay, the big ones are, there are five. The first one is relationships. And it, your big fear might be about around your relationship with your spouse or your friends, your family. The second one is career, and I'm going to go over what the fears would be in a moment. Career, money, number four is your health, and number five is safety. Okay, so you might have already identified it. <clears throat> Just as I was listening off, you thought, might have thought, oh, gosh, money. Money is really scary. Or, yeah, I am really scared around my career. Okay, now, what is the hallmark of a big fear? The hallmark of a big fear is when something does happen in that arena. So you do have a health scare you do have a money scare. Something happens that's pretty dramatic. You feel this is it. Like this is it. You know, if it's a money scare, you have yourself living on the street in a box. If it's a health scare, you assume you're going to be dead within the first six weeks. Okay? So think about that. Relationships. You have a fight with your husband. You're already in, in, in divorce court in your head. In an instant. Like really quickly you go from the incident to the worst thing possible and the hallmark of it being your big fear is you feel like this is it. Nothing good is going to come out of this. Okay? Now, things can happen in other areas too. So say health is not your big fear. Something might happen in that you do have something happen but you don't feel like this is it. You think, oh, okay, well, I'll get through this. Let me share an example. My mother actually was diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago. And her first thought, she was diagnosed in June, her first thought was nuts. It's going to wreck my summer. Okay, that was her first thought. It wasn't she didn't have herself dying from breast cancer. She had herself thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be in the hospital during my summer. Bummer. Health is not her big fear. Now, why do we need to identify this? Well, the big fear area, not only when something happens, does it immediately drain all of your joy. And the problem with that is when your vibe goes down and it plummets, excuse me, you then see no options. You lose all perspective. When we're in fear zone, when we're in panic zone, we lose all perspective. And we feel like there's nothing we can do. So once we identify our big fear and see it for what it is, it allows us to regain some of the control over it so that we don't have to step in 
to that space. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is identify your big fear. And I'm guessing you already know, and you might actually have two. I will say there are times in my life where I, I develop, I have one big fear, that one I will share with you is around money. That is my big fear. And occasionally I'll have bumps where my vibe gets low, something happens with my health, and I do find that I'm starting to, as one of my friends says, she calls it awfulizing. <laughs> you, 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 you spiral down in your thinking and it, and it lingers. But it's not my big fear. It's just temporary. I can get myself back up. Now, the second step, once you've identified your big fear, your second step is to realize it is not based on reality. Now, I say that in quotes because, you know, what is real? That's a whole other podcast. It's whatever you think it is. But, for example, with money, I will tell you my fear was there no matter how much money I had. As my bank account went up, my fear was the same. I found that very illuminating. I also read, um, read an article years ago, and it's so stuck in my head, that 86% of people with a net worth of $50 million or more have a fear around money. It has nothing to do with how much you have. If you have a fear around your health, it doesn't matter how much health you have. There's still that underlying fear, and it runs like an air conditioner in the background. You know how you have those window air conditioners and they're really loud? And after a while, you don't really notice it, but when you turn it off, you go, oh, because it just feels so good to not have that sound in your ear anymore. That's what your big fear does. It's just that annoying thing. But when you become aware of it and you start to realize, okay, this isn't based in reality, it has less control over you. Another thing I want you to realize as you go through this is not everyone has the same fear you do. I assumed everybody was afraid around money. I mean, I didn't realize I was afraid around money, to be honest. It was just something that was there. But I really did assume everyone had that same feeling. And when I met someone who didn't, there was a discord. I felt, this is weird. And I wasn't conscious of it. But realize that everyone has their same fear. So, If you are drawing assumptions for people around you think they have that same fear, it can lead to judgment. So, and actually you want to begin to identify people who don't have the same fear so you can begin to hang out with them and emulate that feeling. It's one of the ways you can get beyond the fear. And maybe not even beyond it so much as just, again, not have so much control over you. Then the last thing I want you to do around your big fear is begin playing with what would it be like, okay? What would it be like visualization? So what would it be like to have a million dollars? What would it be like to not be afraid around money? What would it be like to be able to spend easily? What would it be like to be able to save, have a huge savings account without feeling like I'm hoarding, right? What would it be like? be beyond this fear. Begin playing with that. It's a really powerful tool for moving beyond the fear. And maybe I'm still on the fence as to whether or not we actually are ever able to move fully beyond our big fear because I also feel like it's part of this work in this lifetime. You can let me know what you think. 
I'd be curious. Um, but I do know it can have significantly less effect on you. And that's what we want to do. That's the point of this work, just becoming aware of it so it doesn't have a hold on you that it does right now. Okay, now let's look at the third negative influence on us, and that is judgment. Judgment, judging others, having an opinion, a very strong one. And I will tell you, there's judgment turned outward where you judge others, other situations. And then judgment turn inward where we judge ourselves. Now, judgment always, always stems from I know better than you. And I always say, this is actually, I will say, I, I came into this life with an enormous amount of judgment. It is something I've worked on my, a good chunk of my adult life to let go of. I came into the world with a lot of righteousness. <laughs> I'm right, and I know why I'm right, and this is why you, should, you would do well to listen to me. And um, there's this great meme on Facebook, and I wish I had saved it for this. I would love to share it with you. It was a man, two people, on either side of a huge number that was in front of them, and it was the number six. And, of course, on one side it looked like the number nine, on the other it's the number six. And they were disagreeing. And it said something to the effect of we don't agree because we see things from different sides. And as one of the things I have realized in studying judgment in myself, myself is that I, I can't know why they're doing what they're doing because I don't know what their life has been like. I also know there are things I do in my life that are less than ideal because I don't have the wherewithal to change them. I don't have the energy right now to deal with whatever it is. I'll give you an example. I ate wheat for two years after I found out wheat wasn't good for me because I couldn't imagine figuring out the diet. I didn't have the energy to figure out the diet I needed to be doing without wheat. When my son was born and I was nursing him and I found out he couldn't eat wheat, I gave it up in an instant. I gave it up for him. And I felt great. You don't know what others are thinking. You know what judgment does? It's like drinking poison. It only affects you and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't serve anybody. Period, and it only harms you. And when it's self-judgment, oh my gosh, that's that's twice-fold. The judgment is coming from you, directed at you. So it's judgment times two. What happens when we judge someone too, and when we label them, is it narrows our vision. We start seeing them from a narrower perspective. Okay. So your assignment around judgment, first of all, figure out when you judge. And don't think if I judge, you do judge. We are always judging. The traffic is too fast. The cars are driving too fast. The cars are driving too slow. Something is too expensive, too bright, too too cheap. Um, We are constantly judging. 
kids are too noisy, too fast, too messy. We are always assessing as part of the human human consciousness. So again, you're becoming aware of it. But notice where it you know, comes up the biggest, the most. And notice the effect on you. You can feel it. It doesn't feel rosy. And imagine it narrowing your view. Then I encourage you to challenge one. What is one of your judgments? And, you know, I encourage you to pick something that's affecting you tremendously. So maybe it's your, your spouse or your children that you're judging. Challenge it. You know, look at it and say, okay, so why am I judging here? What's going on? What do I expect them to be doing or saying? What can I do to shift my perspective? How can I understand their perspective? There's a great quote by Rumi that I love, and it's one of those that I'm working on living by more and more with each day. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. So what if there was no fault, no blame? What would that be like? What would that feel like for you? Amazing, right? Okay, so you have your work cut out for you. These are the negative influences, anger, fear, judgment. Bring more awareness to them. Notice them. Make sure they don't have the control over you. They do right now. And join me. So I have been posting a lot out on my Facebook page. So come find me there. Like my page, Laura Urban Lunch. You can also find a few goodies. Like I said, I did a simple worksheet for you all for this process. LauraUrgenMonth.com forward slash Awaken to Joy. I would love for you to join me in this journey. It's been a pleasure sharing it with you. There is also a book, so if you would like to get the book, it's out on on, um, Amazon as a Kindle as well as a print book. Like I said, there's a workbook with it, so you might like the print version so you can write in it. And join me next week as we look at positive and negative influences, so things that can go either way. And if you join me on Facebook, um, I've been live streaming each day. So today I actually did anger and tomorrow I'll do fear. Um, and those videos you can actually find out on that Awaken to Joy link. So lordmills.com forward slash Awaken to Joy. But if you want to join me live, you can join me live on my fan page. All right, y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure sharing with you. May you be inspired to live your extraordinary life.